Welcome to WeRDB. My name is Brenton, and I'm joined always by Danielle. That's me. You just like saying that, don't you? Yep, it works. Okay. Uh, and this is a continuation of our Marvel Cinematic Universe series of episodes, Phase 3. This will be the third one that we do, the last one. Um, so this has kind of been a very long journey summarizing the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it started back in April when Avengers Endgame came out. And it very quickly became one of the top movies in the IMDb, which is why we started this discussion. It became number two out of all time, with only the Shawshank Redemption beating it. And then as more people went and rated it on the IMDb, it lowered and lowered down on the list. Um, So we started that conversation back when we did episode 14 in uh, Inception. So I'd highly recommend go listening to that one. Just for a little bit of insight into... Into, Why we decided to yeah. take on this journey. It's kind of an interesting one, actually, because you hadn't seen many of them, and you were we were discussing as to whether or not we should watch Endgame as a standalone movie, um, or go through and actually watch all the first twenty-one movies. Um, and it's kind of an interesting discussion there. And mm. that was months ago, because we're currently up to episode forty at the time of this recording. So it was a little while ago, and then. We decided to do a few of these bonus episodes. So we recorded a 10-minute section, which you would have heard in part one, on what you thought of the series before going into it because we decided we would go through and actually watch them all. Um, A lot of you guys spoke out and said, no, that's actually the right way to do Endgame, and you're probably correct. Um, Endgame doesn't really hold up on its own quite a lot. So we recorded that, and then we went through and we watched all the movies. took about five months. Um, took a long time on the journey to Endgame because we wanted to to rank it. So, at the time of this recording, about eight months after Endgame has released, it seems to have plateaued and stabilized. I think it's number fifty eight on the list, which okay. is pretty good. It's still high. Yeah, Avengers: Infinity War is like sixty two or something. It's very close. They're very close to each other. And I think that they're the only two that are on the list. I think Black Panther might be on there really high up. But in the top 100, they're definitely the only two. Mm. Um, and they seem to be... That's probably going to be where they're going to be sitting for some time. Because people actually went out and, and rated them more accurately as to what they should be. Um, so we'll be talking about those more in depth when we get to those. And then we started just doing... A quick breakdown of all the movies in the MCU, and that has led us up to here. I just wanted to do a quick summary just to, in my own head as to what has this journey been, because it seems like it's more than what it is. I'm trying to, like, understand what this has been to get through the, all the MCU movies. So what has it been for you, then? You're saying you're trying to understand what it has been. Yeah, because Endgame came out, and then we had to record in the Inception episode, and then we recorded again, and then we recorded two more for Phase 2, and then there was a Phase 3. Mm. So there's like six times we've brought up the MCU. Uh, and this is the final one, until we actually get to doing the Avengers movies come around Episode 60. Which I look forward to, breaking these down more. But right here, we're going to give a bit of a brief discussion, up to and including Captain Marvel. So this starts off with Captain America, the third one, Civil War. So this is basically a retaliation to what happens in Avengers Age of Ultron, right? With the whole events in Sokovia. Uh, So this is the introduction of the Sokovia Accords, which is basically the UN saying that we want to try to 
control what the Avengers actually do because mm. you're just going around wreaking havoc. It kind of reminds me of that scene from uh, Team America, World Police. Remember mm-hmm. the, the puppets? Uh, and they're like, they just go around and they try to stop the terrorists, but they end up like blowing up all of Egypt and Paris and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we saved the world. Um, and then the news headline guy is like, Team America is again fucked up the entire world or whatever. It's <laughs> mm. basically what is happening in these movies. So they're trying to control it. What do you think of this movie? This one, this was a really integral kind of turning point for the series. Um, there's In a what lot, way? just there's a lot going on, and it was. I think at times it was kind of tricky to follow. Um, yeah, it is. Just because there was a lot going on, and it was all so important. Um, in terms of, like you said, about the Accords, and then there's stuff going on with Hydra, and then there's, you know, like, there's some yeah. there's some reveals, and there's Oh, some... yeah, it's like, it's like, is Bucky good? Is he bad? Is he brainwashed? Who is this? People are, like, impersonating him. Impersonating who? Bucky. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on in this movie. That said, I really liked this movie. I think it was one of my favorite Captain America movies. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because everything's really starting to come together in terms of like the Avengers storyline stuff starting to really get rolling and take shape. Um, this very much feels like an Avengers movie because of that really big fight scene in the airport where you've got two yeah. teams versus each other. This is the introduction of Spider-Man into the MCU, which we've said before is a great integration. They've done it. They did it Mm. perfectly. I understand why they called it Civil War. This could have been, this probably could have been an Avengers movie and not a Captain America movie. Probably. I don't, I don't know that it necessarily focused on Captain America so, so much. I think they, they called it. A Captain America movie, well, for starters, that's the way the Civil War tread goes in the comic books, I believe. Yep. But there's also a very big thread here with Bucky mm-hmm. and figuring out if he's good or bad or whatever. And then there's also sort of a look into Peggy, Peggy Carter. She died. She was old age or sickness or something. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a look into Captain America's character there and Peggy's niece, the lady that was next door. I think there are a few things here that it explores Captain America more than any other character. Mm. But I understand what you're saying. It does feel like an Avengers movie. This is a better Avengers movie than Ultron. Yeah, I really like this one. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in this movie, but it was played out well. There was some really cool tech. I liked it. I don't know know how else to, to, like... um, round out what I'm trying to say with this one. Mm-hmm. This is also the introduction of Black Panther, which I love mm-hmm. that character a lot. I really like the introduction, and you you understand who he is, what his motivations are, how does he sort of work. You don't understand how his powers work yet, but I like th- both of the introductions to the main characters in this. Um, mm. This is the first time Ant-Man actually gets to see the rest of the group. Um, so it's sort of That's his introduction. An interesting dynamic. Like, like I said, there's so much going on in this. There movie. is a lot going on. I think the bad guy's plan makes no fucking sense if you actually think about it. I don't remember it. what it is. Exactly right. <laughs> the point that you don't remember. Um, it's a guy from Sokovia. Who? 
Oh, that's right. He impersonates the psychologist. To... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was trying to pit the two of them against each other. The amount of research and time and effort that he would have had to put in to actually try and pull this off, if you actually sat down and think about it, it's so implausible. Some people hate this movie because of that. But I think if you ignore that, then it's kind of really enjoyable. It has some mm. good elements in there. It's kind of a fun movie, particularly with the integration of the new characters. Um, this is a very good one to start off phase three because of those. This is a new feeling. This is a new phase. You know what I mean? Yes, um, absolutely. One thing that always sort of bugged me ever since the first time I saw it was, so Captain America doesn't want to sign the Sokovia Accords. He doesn't think that these things need to be governed by a bigger body because by the time it actually gets through all this fucking democratic paperwork process, the bad guys have got away with it and you kind of need to just act now kind of thing. While Tony Stark, who was trying to put a defense around the whole planet, essentially, both metaphorically and physically... He wants to sign the Sokovia Accords, and he's trying to take Cap in to try and sign these things. Mm-hmm. The thing that annoys me is I feel like that really goes against both of their characters. Captain America is a military man. He follows rules. He does what he's told. And you can see that in every other movie except for this so one. As you soon as he's think t- their viewpoint should have been switched. Yes. Tony yeah, Stark is meant to be this sort of playboy Impulsive. that doesn't follow by any rules except yeah. his own. And he's the one who's trying to actually get order into the group and make them sign the accords. And it doesn't feel like they're right. They're in their right character minds. Both of them should have been switched. That would have okay. made it a better movie for me because both of them seem like they're going against their character traits. Mm. I mean, mm. Captain America doesn't want to join up and follow the rules. And I don't know. It's just, it doesn't seem right to me. That's always important. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough point. Again, this is one of those things that, like, there's a lot that you kind of have to just let it slide, you know? Yeah, and that's a shame. I don't think that that's a good thing. That kind of knocks it down in my mind as to what a good movie is. I don't like how you have to, like, sort of turn off your brain and don't think about this. Let's just not worry about that. Um, If you do that, however... You do enjoy it more. So, mm-hmm. hey, pick your battles, right? Yeah. I enjoy these movies. I quite like Captain America Civil War for what it is. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Doctor Strange? Then we got Doctor Strange, yeah. So what did you think about this? You had heard about I... this before you saw it. I remember when it came out, and I think I didn't realize it was in the whole same MCU universe as, like, Right, Thor you just thought it was Iron another... Man. I just thought it was another superhero, superhero movie. movie. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, I really want to see that. Because I've always been into the mystical, mystical metaphysical, arts. yeah, yeah um, magic sort of stuff. Um, so I really enjoyed this. It was a big switch from mm-hmm. everything that we've looked at. Um, I like the way that a lot of it gets integrated later. Um, I really Yeah, a lot of the it. times... When they introduce the, sort of these big concepts, you're sort of just like, okay, now how does that fit in with the rest of the thread and all yeah. the other characters? So, And again, like, I think, because in the beginning I was like, oh, I don't like all this silliness when 
you know, Iron Man started as like a military machine, very grounded in the real world. Now we've got Thor, and now we've got wizards and stuff. Like and I, Darth I, in the galaxy, I, yeah. I don't always like the the sort of universe mixing. Um, but that's very much the direction that the MCU took. So again, you kind of have to go with it. Um, I remember thinking, like, how are they going to do this with Doctor Strange? And they ended up doing it really well. There's quite a few people that rank this in probably the top five, at least. A lot of people really like this one uh, in Mm. terms of all the other MCU movies. It's pretty highly regarded. That being said, I actually fucking hate this movie. I can't stand this movie. You don't like it? Not so at all. So you're saying a lot of people like it and you just don't like it? Yes, I don't get it. Okay. I don't I don't see it at all. Um, I respect your opinion, but I hate it. I've seen it three times. The first mm-hmm. time was on a plane because my stand is lower on a plane, right? That's how it usually yeah. works. Uh, and then I watched it again when I did my week-long marathon to watch all the MCU in a week. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I watched it again for you. So I've seen it three times. I've given it a shot. I still hate it. I hate, I hate this it? more than Thor The Dark World. Well, for starters, Stephen Strange is such an asshole prick, and I don't think he has a good character arc. He ends the movie still as an asshole prick. He never grows. He never learns. He do- he's doesn't appreciate anything. The rest of it's just this CGI nonsense that sort of strings together all these big theories that are very vague, these like powerful MacGuffins that don't really explain what, what they can do, what their abilities are, who can get them. He learns See- a thousand years' worth of knowledge in, like, Three days because he's a genius, quote-unquote. I don't like it at all. Okay. See, I liked, (laughs) because you're saying it does have some big um, Eastern religious philosophical influences. So religious influences and philosophical influences, primarily Hinduism um, and Buddhism that you're looking at. Because he goes to, where does he go, India? I think so. Yeah. Um, Tibet. what, What I'm... Maybe. What I'm bringing up with that is that the way that they've actually integrated... Because I'm I'm very familiar with a lot of these ideas and philosophies. The way that they've integrated them into a mainstream 21st century superhero movie was actually quite impressive. Yeah, it's similar to how they brought in Norse mythology into Thor. You know what I mean? It's like these things that kind of really exist in the real world in, in lore... And they've made it a superhero in the MCU. Yes. So, like, and the accuracy of what they were doing. Like, I remember thinking, that's a really cool depiction of mm, yeah. chakras or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I I appreciated it. Um, and I what an was... out-of-body experience looks like. What does it yeah. mean to, like, so I think for that's... a celestial journey or whatever they are? I think that's what I appreciated about it a lot was, like, the physical depictions of these metaphysical ideas and experiences was really interesting and cool. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated that. It was really visually appealing. Um, it is very colorful. What, yes. I kind of see what you're, what you're saying with the story arc and things like that. Um, and again, this was, this was cool because this is a really standalone movie. It is. It is. So what else can... is actually, what other characters are actually in here? I don't think there are in Doctor Strange, are there? There is the introduction uh, to the Time Stone. This is the first time we see the green one. When do when does Thor come to the... Uh, Thor meets Doctor Strange in Thor Ragnarok. Right, okay. Which is a little bit... So I don't think that way. this movie really has much else 
tying in. See, the first half, at least, of Phase 3, there's a lot of origin stories again. Mm. And this is one of the first ones. So those usually stand alone pretty well. So this is the introduction to Stephen Strange and the Time Stone. Those are the two biggest things that came out of this movie, I think. Yeah. I think... I think this is one of my... That's interesting. I think this is one of my favorite origin stories simply because it is so colorful. It has some really cool ideas. I'm with you. He was a total prick. I think he... I'm going to argue with you. I think he did learn and grow to appreciate things. Slightly. He's still an asshole, Um, though. Yes. Well, he's (laughs) he's conceited and pompous as fuck, but so is Tony Stark, and so is Carol Danvers. Like, a bunch of these people are very, like... I'm the smartest person in the world or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm the um, most powerful Avenger. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to see where they go with that in the future, if there's going to be another dick measuring competition. Um, oh, can I just say, that's something that we completely missed when we were talking about Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the establishment of Scarlet Witch and Vision being in a relationship because they had to stay back at the compound and Vision had to sort of watch Scarlet Witch, right? Yes. Um, which is kind of... Why are you saying Scarlet Witch? Uh, the red bitch, Elizabeth Olsen. What do you think her name is? Her name is Wanda something. Yeah, that's her actual name, but her superhero name is Scarlet Witch. Okay. It makes sense. Did you not know that? It's funny that you watch all the movies so. and you, they never actually really say that, they, do they? No. They just call it Wanda. Um, those two alone are the most powerful Avengers. you got Vision and Scarlet Witch who could destroy everyone else and they basically had to keep them back at the compound because they couldn't really write in how these powers are going to be worked amongst humans you know what i mean and Mm. now with the introduction of dr strange you've got these three characters that are so overpowered like there's the 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 boss battle at the end of dr strange where he's fighting damamu and he's keep reliving that scene over and over again and apparently he's he did that like millions of times until damamu like went insane because he couldn't get rid of dr strange he was trapped basically Mm -hmm. in this loop which is really quite a unique thing. I'll give it that. That's like, in order to be able to do that, <sighs> Iron Patriot or War- Warhammer or whatever the fuck his name was, that he can't do that shit. Bucky's standing around shooting mm. people with guns. You know what I mean? They're, look at the power mm. inequality there. You know what I mean? Like, you've got these these characters that are more powerful than Superman and you have to try and level it and balance it in sort of these things it's it's hard to describe and you establish a lot of errors and inequalities when you try Mm. to do that in a superhero movie it's difficult that's all i'll say seen again you gotta look past it i hate i hate saying that because it's like i actually really enjoy these movies and when i'm watching it i'm not thinking about these things i'm i'm just enjoying the movie so I think you got to give them credit in that, like, they do it in such a way that, it, like, unless you're, like, really, like, nitpicky, you're going to enjoy it. You know? Yes, um, I, would, I would agree with that. Doctor Strange, you didn't like it. I really liked it. It's one of those ones. It's very different from all of the rest. It's very different. 
Like, it's on par different with Thor. How different yeah, it is. Yeah, I'll agree with that. In terms of, like, mysticism. Well, who's the stuff? love interest in that? I'm trying to remember her name. I can see her face. I, who? What actress asking, was it? asking, yeah. Who's the chick who's always in those time travel movies? Oh, that was Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, that's right. Yeah. I think Rachel McAdams is quite underused in this. She's sort of just like this damsel in distress, even though she's also a, like a brilliant doctor. I think that she is a great actress, and she's sort of just a side character here, which is a shame. It is a shame. I would have liked to have seen more of her. Yeah, that's all. Again, Hopefully you'll see more of that in the new Doctor Strange movies. I totally forgot that she was in this, and I'm just, again, thinking exactly, like, right? all of the people involved in the MCU, like, it must be, like, all of Hollywood. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody's there are so many actors in, in the an MCU. Avengers movie. Far out. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. This, talk about colourful. Holy shit, this movie is all the colours. Is it just called Guardians 2? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, because they're going off what, the mixtape? Okay, Remember the so it's not got any sort of colon subname. No, it's just okay. Volume 2. Okay. Uh... What did you think about this one? I don't remember what happened. I just know that I liked it because it's Guardians and it's silly and it's got the good I liked soundtrack. the soundtrack. I like the characters, but you got those in the first one. Oh, this I is the one. I didn't particularly like this one. This is the one with Peter's dad, right? Yeah. So it yeah. introduced Peter's dad as a celestial who can sort of goes around the universe mating with different creatures to try and spread his seed or whatever. His literal seed of, like, it's a plant yeah. he's going to take over. This is, again, where I'm like, how do, how is this guy off everyone's radar? Yeah. And they're just, like, in one movie, blip, okay, no more no more threat. Yeah, isn't this guy, like, way more powerful than Thanos? Like, <laughs> yeah. should, he should be your big problem. Um, so he's basically an entity that's the size of the planet by the end of this sort of thing. You know, this reminded me of... It reminded me of Unity from that episode of Rick and Morty where yes. this entire creature that's like taken over all of these beings um, if you haven't seen Rick and Morty you probably wouldn't know what I'm talking about there um, but this movie lost me a lot I think it falls flat it doesn't have the charm that the first one does it does in some elements it- there's a part where Rocket is like trying to protect the crashed ship um and Nebula's there as well, but Rocket is an amazing character. I love him. I think mm. that's a great sequence. Um, again, like I said, the characters are good. I like the introduction of some of the characters here. Um, there's yeah, some really get... funny parts with Mantis. I was going to say, we get introduced to is good. Mantis, and between Mantis and Drax, that, that relationship <laughs> really funny is perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'm trying to remember... This one oh, and was we've got very... Baby Groot. Yes, he's so cute. I love Baby Groot. Yeah. I am Groot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so this movie was necessary again, right? Like, there's a lot of relationship building and character building that happens, and it's kind of like, oh, we need a plot to go along with it. We'll do this, you know. Even so, though why it... do you think this one was necessary? Because you're you're growing the relationship between Peter and Gamora, and mm-hmm. you're like I said, you get the introduction of Mantis. You get to see because last time we're just like, oh my god, Groot! Like Groot's dancing in a plant pot when we last see him, right? Yeah. Um, so now we see like he's 
We know Groot's okay. We see that he's doing his thing. You just get more character development. I would probably agree with the whole Peter Quill and Gamora thing, but Mantis isn't a vital character, and she definitely isn't when next time you see her, which is Avengers Infinity War. She's comic There's relief. Not... Yeah, but I don't think you should make a movie on one side character being comic relief, because even though I didn't like Doctor Strange, it was an introduction to a vital character who comes in very useful later on, mm. and it was the introduction to one of the six Infinity Stones. So it's like, okay, yeah, we kind of needed that. Even Thor the Dark World, which a lot of people don't like, it's the introduction to one of the Infinity Stones and shows you that progression there. Mm. What does this one give apart from establishing Peter and Gamora's relationship a little bit better? Not much. Does that make any sense? It goes into and answers some questions because in the first one everyone's like, what's your what's your origin, Star-Lord? Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, he's half human, half celestial. So it it, it explores some more of the the universe it it, it yeah i don't know who's it's his dad's fun. character again with the mohawk who oh quill <sighs> i forget his name it's like landu or something yeah it might be yeah yeah i don't remember um i don't like the blue his guy i don't like his arc at all in this because he's a dick Throughout the entire first Guardians of the Galaxy, he starts this one also. Yeah. He's trying to like kidnap fucking Quill or whatever, and then he's like, towards the end, he says, "Oh, I'm sorry, son," or whatever, and they sort of have this loving moment where he sort of sacrifices himself for Quill, and then towards the end, everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's so sad that he died," and it's Quill's original father and all the rest of it, and then there's like this space fireworks display, this salute to this great man that no one fucking liked, apparently. It was just like whiz-bang redemption on his deathbed, and I'm like, I don't buy that whatsoever. And we get this introduction to the Ravagers... Like, all the Ravagers yeah. with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> um, yeah, the Sylvester Stallone. <sighs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm getting your point. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was an enjoyable movie to watch. It was I'm not going to rush out and watch appealing. it again. Yeah, I enjoyed it when I watched it. I think I still enjoy this more than Doctor Strange, though. Like, like I wanted more Guardians and I got it. You know? That's kind of what it was. It seems like it's going to be a little while before Volume 3 comes out. However, mm. they have confirmed a volume three, so I'd like to see Look how that, that goes. Yeah, maybe it maybe Thor will be part of it. That'd be weird. You're probably right, but it'll be strange. Yeah. Um Spider Man Homecoming? So, so next we got Spider Man Homecoming. Now this one was an interesting one because it was introducing I mean It was going it back It was the first standalone Spider-Man movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This I like this movie. This is a it good was, movie. It was cool. So it, I like I like the introduction in that it goes back and it's like his vlog. You know what I mean? Yeah. Talking about... It's like recapping of what happened in Civil War in yeah. a really funny, int- uh, unique way. Very sort of teenage Peter Parker kind of way. Yeah. Um, I I remember when we watched it... I did for some reason I didn't like with this one that I'm like oh I'm getting introduced to all these new characters who don't matter. Um, I remember. I mean, thinking side that, characters at his high school. Yes, I'm like I don't care. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's a more down to earth 
like Spider-Man movie instead of just like whiz banging around the galaxy and different dimensions and yeah. stuff. It was it was a fresh installment after those ones, um, and that's what you want from a Spider-Man movie. So you didn't this, like that? I don't know. I maybe on a. I don't know. I don't know. I remember when I watched, I was like, I don't care to meet all these teenagers who aren't going to right, be okay. important later, even though they probably will be. I don't know. So goes through what happened at the end of Civil War, then it goes back and goes over how he got his powers. Like it's very briefly. Yeah. And then I I do really appreciate that this one like compared to the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, there's a relationship with Tony Stark. Yeah, because I think that was established in the comic books after the Tobey Maguire ones. I think it was the late 2000s when they put those in the comic books where Tony Stark was building him suits and he's got the uh, Spider-Man suit with all the legs in it. Mm. Those were in the comic books after Tobey Maguire. I could be wrong with that, but I'm pretty sure. Um, I love Tom Holland, though, even though... He is perfect. I did like Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. I like Spider-Man as a character. I like the movies. However... This is the best one so far. I think the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies are solidified in everyone's mind as, like, the Spider-Man movies. But well, th- those I, were, like, he the was, biggest but he was superhero such a movies. dork. I think Peter Parker's meant to be a dork. Yeah, but... I mean, but he like, created his own web-slinger things. I don't know. I just... I, I buy Tom Holland as... Peter Parker a lot more than I buy Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker. He's more, much more of like a nervous, fidgety sort of teenager who's trying because to deal with these awkward situations. Because he can act it better because he's actually that young. Yeah. You know, like it's just... what What's he always say? What did, what did he say? He's much more believable as a, someone like that. Oh, jeez, or whatever. Like, he says a whole lot of stuff like that. Yeah, he's always calling Tony Mr. Stark. Yeah. Holy man! So the only other character from the MCU appears to be Tony Stark in this, which is kind of vital. It really is, because he's sort of this father figure. He's the introduction to the MCU. He's a mentor. Um, Yeah, and you can see how Spider-Man desperately wants to get into that because it's the Avengers, you know what I mean? Um, so he's just always, like, he's always calling Happy to yeah. try and, like... Report a crime. Have hey, you got any more jobs for me? Have you got any more jobs? I want to I wanna be an Avenger so bad sort of thing. So mm. I kind of like that. Um, I love watching the montage of him trying to learn how to be a better Spider-Man. Um, isn't there one, like, there's a bit where he's... Like, there's a guy who's locked his keys out of his car and he's trying to, like, break in... And Spider-Man comes and, like, you know, web-slings him and stuff. And he's like, dude, it's my car. Um, <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of mistakes in this where you can see him learning. You see him growing as a character. And it's funny. Um, it's really fun. It's yeah. really fun. Also, I totally love... So we get introduced to the Vulture here. And I he's love a cool how character. I love how they've stitched together the events of... Was it the Avengers? In that, New York, yeah. Yeah. Um, and show you the aftermath of that and how it plays out. Like, I thought that was so well done and really realistic. Yeah, because we'd never really seen what had happened to all the alien gear and the creatures. 
And this is like, I remember us talking about it. I'm like, this is probably what would actually happen. I don't know about yeah. building, but like people would, it would that go thought, black yeah. market <laughs> and um, people would use it and try to gain things from it. I just thought, I'm like, I really liked that that's how they tied up that loose end. Um, and then you create a whole nother villain with it. Like, I just, I really liked the progression of this movie. He's probably one of the best MCU villains. Mm. He's in the discussion, definitely. And I love that moment where you realize that he's, like, his love interest's dad. dad. You're like, oh, shit! That's such an intense scene because he walks into his house and he knows straight up. But the Vulture doesn't know that he's the Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Yeah. And you've got this dynamic there. And it's only when they get in the car to go off to the homecoming that he also makes that connection. Mm. And then there's a really brilliant scene just before he lets Peter out of the car and he's having the stern dad talk with him, just being like, don't mess with me in my business. And he's got that handgun in his hand. Mm. That's a brilliant scene. It's one of the best scenes of the movie, I think. It's so intense and it's like brilliantly paced watching this dynamic between these two characters because they both know who each other are. Mm. When do you ever really get the hero and the villain just sitting two feet away from each other just talking. Yeah. Before, like, just being like, don't mess with me and I won't mess with you kind of thing. And then they split up. Like, it's a good scene. How did this movie end? They're in jail. Vulture's, Who's in jail? The vulture's in jail and he's oh, right, talking yes. to somebody. Who is he talking to? Because he's oh, like, I don't remember. Is he dead? And I'm like, they're going to do something with this. And then they didn't do anything with it. Maybe they'll do yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe they, I don't know. In the, in the new Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. I can say, as someone who's seen it, I don't think that they lean into that. Okay. So I don't know what happened with that thread. Um, yeah. Was it an end tr- credit scene? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, the ending of this was um, them removing all of the items from the Avengers Tower to go to their new facility in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And there's that really cool plane with the cloaking device mm-hmm. so you can't really see it it's basically just like hitting the invisicloak thing from chamber of secrets mm-hmm. um the cgi in that scene doesn't really hold up for me spider-man's like hanging off the edge of this plane it's like really too dark to really see what's actually going on um so the the fight scene in this probably could have been better apart from that i really like this movie mm. It was a fun one. Like it, it was, was a fun yeah. one. And besides, I love Ned as a character. He's great comic yeah. bullet relief. And besides being like a fun one, it actually holds up in terms of plot and everything. So And it's very standalone. Yeah. No, it was good. Thor Ragnarok. We have to watch more of Taika Waititi's work. Yes. He recently released like three days ago, he did uh, Jojo Rabbit which is an interesting, very unique sort of take on a movie. But um, he did Hunt for the Wilder People, which I hear is amazing. And I heard very good things before he was even put on to do Thor Ragnarok. And he's going to do the next Thor as well, Thor 4, which is, a you know, mm. Thor Ragnarok was very highly praised as the best Thor. It was very successful. So why would you take him off it? I'm just saying, like, we should watch more of his stuff because I feel like there's a lot of good stuff that's going to come out of Waikiki. I just want to say I fucking loved this movie. 
Yeah. It is totally my jam. I love, I've always loved fantasy and mysticism and stuff. And this just totally dives right into the Norse mythology and like mm. Kate Blanchett's character is a total oh, badass. Yeah. Love so this is her. His sister, yeah. Yeah. So towards the beginning of this, you see the death of Odin. And then Kate Blanchett's character show up, shows up, and she destroys Molnir, which was yeah. kind of a big fucking deal. Yeah, because this is like his she hammer just, that he's had. She just grabs it and it goes, and that's shatters. It. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of a really big introduction to that character, and she looks badass. Mm. She looks kind of like Maleficent, actually. Yeah. A better version yeah. of Maleficent. A more, a more scarier, dangerous version of Maleficent. So Thor gets captured and taken to this big trash planet. Well, he goes to this trash planet and then gets captured. And then he has to fight in this big gladiator arena that he's kind of the prisoner. And then there's a really big reveal where he has to try and defeat the champion, which is revealed to be Hulk. And you loved this reveal. Yeah, I was like, oh my god! And then I was so bummed because you said they actually did that in the trailer. Like, you know, They showed that Hulk was in this movie in the trailers and in the posters and all the promotional... Nah, just leave it. It was such a good reveal. Like, I'm so glad that I missed it because I was like, oh my god! Yeah. I don't know why they do that. What? I don't know why they do that. So, I went into this movie knowing that Hulk was in there somewhere because I've seen the poster... Mm. He's his face is right on the poster, so I didn't realize when I was watching this. I'm like, oh yeah, you haven't seen Hulk since Age of Ultron. There's been like six movies since then. We haven't seen Hulk. Yeah, he's just been gone. Yeah, he just got stuck in this Quinjet and then flew off into space somehow and landed up there. Um, oh, it's because it's the planet of lost things. Yes. So he got lost and then he ended up there. So it's kind of a weird, <laughs> weird planet. Mm. Um. There's some really funny bits in this. There's some that fall flat, but man, this isn't, is isn't this Jeff a pretty Goldblum goddamn this? fun. Jeff Goldblum's kind of a weird dude. He's a weird dude. He I mean, is he's, in this, yeah. He suited that character. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh, yeah. I just feel like the reason why I, I said we should watch more of Taiki Waititi's work because I'm feeling that his style of filmmaking and his style of humor fit perfectly into a Thor movie. Yes. Yes. Like, there's just enough comic relief. I wish that Marvel let directors just, like, take their helm more. Yeah. Put your trust in someone, you know what I mean? Because that's what they did with Jon Favreau in the beginning, but they didn't do it for Edgar Wright and Ant-Man. It's kind of hard to pick a good set of directors to, like, take off this movie, you know what I mean? Mm. This is where we really start to see that Thor has his own theme song. Which is the immigrant song. Oh, yeah. Which is so perfect, and it fits so well, and I really liked it. It was a good choice. And that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) So Thor grows a beard in this. He cuts his hair. Kate Blanchett knocks his eye out. His whole character goes through a fair bit of a transformation. Mm. And then by the end of this, Asgard gets destroyed, which is kind of a big deal. Was it at the end of this one that that happens? Yeah, because... There was that giant demon thing, and Kate Blanchett's there. I don't even oh, remember yeah. her character's name. Because <laughs> that was the... Hala. Hela? Hala. Which Hala. is interesting, because that's the name of 
the place on the Cree planet where uh, Carol Danvers hangs out. Oh, really? Yeah. So basically this movie ends with the remaining Asgardians on their ship heading back out to space. Yeah. With Asgard being destroyed. But Asgard isn't a place, it's a people. Right, yes. So we think that the Tesseract was also on there and was destroyed. But we know it wasn't, so where was it? Only because only because Loki stole it. Little snaky bitch. Yeah, I know, but what if he if he didn't steal it, then you would have just destroyed an infinity stone. Didn't he fake his death in Oh, this? like all the time. It's happened like four times. Yeah. Snaky bitch. You really like this. Oh yeah, it was so good. It was a cool. lot of action. I think it, it was, was very like, fun. There's a lot of intense moments. It was super colorful. They really totally leaned into the mystical aspect in terms of like costuming, which I always think I always think working mm, on like a great. on a historical movie or like a fantasy movie like this or like Lord of the Rings would be so fun because mm. you get to like dress up ridiculousness, you know. You have a fair bit of creativity. Yes. So they like like you said Taika Waititi went perfect with this in terms of everything like it was just it was so fun to watch um yeah it was great i love this movie it was full on man it was great i think one of the funniest characters in all of the mcu is his rock friend what's his rock's friend name again Kronk like, or something it's like Krog or something like that something yeah. like that i just who's played by taika waititi i just think that his humor is it resonates with me yeah I'm trying to think what he says. It's like, oh, we tried to start a rebellion, but we didn't get enough flyers or whatever. The only people who showed up was my mom and stepdad, but I hate him. Yeah. Anyway, I like that character. Yeah, he's funny. It's perfect. So next up, we have Black Panther. What do you think of this movie? In the beginning, I was judging it like super harshly and I didn't understand why. You're very sensitive to cultural appropriation. Yes. And I don't know... Oh, for fuck's sake. Hold on. What? My, it just, my phone just went ping. You good? Yeah. Alright. I hope that didn't affect things. It probably it should be did. Fine. Okay. Um, however, fuck off. Who is it? Aaron. I can't even hear it. <laughs> like of course nobody would know but i'm just like oh who sends like three things in a row your eyes no are sticking out of your head um all right so in the beginning i judged it super harshly however it very quickly grew on me i think you were worried if like similar to the discussion that we did recently about the lion king did they just amalgamate all these sort of African cultures into one and just say, this is Wakanda? Or is it actually what the area was like in terms of the dress and the dances and the yeah. garments? and? because we determined that the area that they said was supposed to be Wakanda was Ethiopia. It was like the southern part of yeah, Ethiopia Yeah, I think it's west of Kenya. Kenya and south yeah. of Ethiopia. So we looked at it because, again, like... Africa is not a country. Africa is the world's largest continent. There's going mm-hmm. to be a lot, a lot of variation throughout Africa. And so I was like, well, 
a lot of this costuming is based on like Maasai culture. Is this like where were those people located? And they're in that that part of the world, so it's they actually. I think it's pretty accurate, and I think it's really been yeah. quite sensitive. Yes, so it addressed it. I just we had to sit down and look it up for my own peace of mind, and so that made me feel a lot better. And it's actually it's less oh let's do what aladdin did and squish everything together it's very much less that and more let's pay homage to the people who actually live in this area yeah i agree i understand why your mind goes that way sometimes when you're too nitpicky it can be annoying like unless it's like blatantly in your face and blatantly obvious uh and offensive then don't worry about it if the people that this movie is depicting don't find it offensive then you probably shouldn't then find I it should. offensive but I that's know. i didn't know so i even asked that i was like how is this received i think you this know? was received very well this was a big success both in africa and with african americans because that's where the black panther movement was meant to be that was mm-hmm. the point of these comic books you know what i mean is to give yeah. black people that power that's why wakanda has this power they're like oh actually we're one of the smartest and most advanced countries in the world. You don't actually know it. So that's yeah. why the Black Panther thread came. And it's really cool. I really it's like really the Black cool. Panther storyline. This movie was different from all the rest in that, like, the soundtrack was super cool. It was, yeah. Very ethnically inspired, but done in a tasteful way. Um, I think most of the songs were Kendrick Lamar, the original ones. Mm. And. I'm even talking about the score, like the score. Mm. I really like the score. So this um, is one of the this is the first uh, MCU movie to win Oscars. It was nominated for six, which is kind of a big deal, mm-hmm. um, and it won for best music score, best costume design, which absolutely deserved. Like I love mm-hmm. the costuming in this, and well, best production even- design. Even between the tribes, because Wakanda is supposed to be made up of what? Five or six tribes? Five. Yeah. And so each of the individual tribes had their own, you know, costuming. Their own feel, yeah. Yeah. So that was, I thought that was pretty cool. Now I love I the remember, chance that they do. Yeah. Where they're just like, it's just, it really gets you pumping, you know what I mean? Which is the point of the chant. But- I made a point here that... Since finishing the movie, I've kind of answered my own question, and so that was pretty cool. So I remember thinking to myself, um, like, why are they keeping them with these primitive-style weapons? They work with a lot of spears. Like, Mm. you're the most advanced civilization in the world, yet the producers here are depicting you as still very primitive and i'm i was thinking to myself you know still through that that kind of harsh lens like you're you're depicting africans as primitive even though they're very very advanced but what i realized is there was a line in the movie that was basically if it's not broken don't fix it just make it better well, you were talking about this also with the architecture of the building because it looked mm. like they were still having mud huts with straw thatched roofs, but in skyscraper versions. And that's mm-hmm. a little offensive, is it not? Because, like you said, you're the most advanced country and yet you still try and do these thatches and mud. 
mud huts, you know, it's like, is that all you know sort of thing? That's what the building sort of said to me. That's what the building sort of said. But what the weapons said to me that I thought was interesting is that... They worked. They worked. So why would you move from a spear to a gun when you could just make the spear better? Right, You know what I mean? So that's... That kind of was a cool thread for me that it took the whole movie and kind of sitting back afterwards and thinking about it that I was like, okay. I I don't know why I sat here and, and took this... I don't know why I was looking for it to be offensive to black people because I don't think it was. And I don't think it was offensive to African people. I was just very much aware just because some other production companies have just done such a bad job lately yeah um i love the relationship dynamic between black panther and his group and mm -hmm. the other group the gorilla people who is also Mm -hmm. wakanda but they're the ones that have sort of had a falling out with Mm -hmm. um where they still have this respect for each other even though they're kind of enemies and you don't see that really in western cultures um and I like the way that that was depicted because you can see that these people, like I said, still have respect. They still want to help each other for the greater good. Even though they might not like each other, there's a level there of sort of professionalism. Yes. And w- like with the fight in the beginning, he's like, you beat me. Like, I can't have beef with you because you beat yeah. me fair and square. Yeah. I can't be resentful because that's the way it is, you know? Mm-hmm. I knew that going into it. So, yeah, I'm with you there, too. And that's sure. why it's kind of jarring when Michael Jordan's character, Warmonger, comes in. He almost brings a very westernized way of thinking to the table, and I don't like that. He's thinking oh, kind of like a... an American. I remember thinking that and then saying that, like, he's approaching this with such a western frame of mind yes you know like we're gonna take over the world and we're gonna take things back for our black brothers and sisters and um you know destroy anybody who gets in our way and we'll be the most powerful and i just remember just he he, michael jordan played that character very very well Mm -hmm. he did a great job with it um i hated that character i kind of really liked him as a villain because I think his motivations were very pure. I think he actually did have claim to the throne. I think that he actually did mm-hmm. win the fight fair and square. Um, I liked his character and going off what we were talking about in Spider-Man Homecoming with um, Vulture as being mm-hmm. a very good MCU villain, I think Warmonger is currently my favorite MCU villain. I think he That's is... really interesting. I, th- I think he's brilliant as a villain, and it makes you want to hate him, but not... I don't disagree with you, but I don't like you. Yeah. I I didn't... I didn't like some of his decisions in blatant disrespect for tradition. There was definitely that. Yeah, and that... But like, he's like, it, they're my people, I can do what I want. No, they're not! You haven't been there! Like, fuck. Ugh. Like, that he destroyed the heart-shaped her. That was what annoyed me the most. Well, because it's like, good for you. What are you going to do now? What do they do from that point forward? Because, yeah, they, they kept one to give to Black Panther, but you can't grow anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't even know if that was addressed. Maybe maybe there's one floating around in the jungle out there somewhere. I don't know. They'll probably address it in a sequential movie. Mm. But, yeah, that for me was just like, for fuck's sake. 
Yeah. Um, I also, do like Warmonger. I didn't like Forrest Whitaker's attempt at an uh, oh, yeah. like African accent. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else was great because there's a lot of like American and English. Yeah. Um, and it was There's a like, lot of good on. accents. But his, he was just, he was really trying and it just, it just, he didn't quite get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think too, because we've been watching a lot of um, Godfather of Harlem, I'm just used to hearing oh, him yeah. as like this New York guy and all of a sudden he's, you know, trying to be Wakandan and yeah. didn't, didn't quite play out. I like this I, character though. I like the story in this too. Yeah. Like just the whole arc about you know um the previous king and his brother and how everything went down there and i really like the depictions of like the spirit world and things like that mm, yeah that was good it was really it was almost inspiring i'd say like because you don't that's another thing that we really don't have in western culture anymore is that connection to to the spirituality s- spirituality at all um so it was it was really nice to see a very mainstream depiction of that and i thought it was a a nice depiction as well i don't like how the vibranium is just like such a powerful macguffin where it's just like oh how did you how were you able to do this and have these advancements and have this material and have these technologies the answer to all those questions is eh, vibranium vibranium Mm. vibranium how does it actually work, though? It can't be an almighty healer. It can't also have, like, this invisible shield and have this, like, incredible metal and give Black Panther his powers. And there's so many different things that this one material can actually do. I just felt like that was just them, you know, whatever, just vibranium, vibranium. Mm. Don't think about it. Vibranium. And I'm I hate glad- that. <laughs> I'm glad Claw died. Motherfucker. Yeah. Andy Serkis' character. I love Andy Serkis. Yeah. He was a, like he played that really well and he was a really cool character but I hated his guts and I'm glad he's gone. And m- him and Martin Freeman are the only two main white people in this whole movie. Mm. Which is kind of surprising because the first time I watched it I'm like, "Oh yeah, I guess it was. I didn't even notice." Mm. This was a very good movie. I like I like Black Panther a lot. Yeah. I like the main character of Black Panther as well. I love his look on his suit. It's just yeah, whatever. I love him. <laughs> Mm, it was good. So straight after this, we have Avengers Infinity War. Oh, boy. So the last time that we saw most of our main mainline Avengers was Captain America Civil War. And since then, we've had three origin stories. So Civil War is trying to put everyone in the same movie, get everyone screen time, and... When they announced that, with like up to this point, there's over 40 Avengers. I'm like, how could you possibly do that well? And I think they do it very well. I, I quite like Avengers Infinity War. So this movie is basically how Thanos ends up with all of the stones. It starts out with him showing that he's basically killed most of Asgard. It looks like he's killed all of them. Um, and then you realize that Loki has taken the Tesseract. Thanos smashes it and gets the the blue stone out of it. So that's his first one. Mm. So at the beginning of this movie, he has none. And then at the end of the movie, he has all six. So that's kind of a really big progression there. Yeah, I'm like, that was really quick. At this point, we still don't know how you get the soul stone. No one knows where it is or how to get it. Right. So the biggest one where he wants to get is visions. I don't remember how he got all of them. 
I really don't. I have no idea how he gets them all. Yeah, like, there was just... I completely forget how he actually gets all of them. I remember he ripped the yellow one from Vision's head, kills Vision. No more Vision. That's the end of the movie, yeah. Yeah, that's towards the end of the movie. So he's got the green. I don't remember how he got the red. No, he's got the blue. I don't remember how he got the red or the green. I don't remember a lot of this movie. I've seen it twice. He... Doctor Strange gave him the green one. I'm trying to remember. The first, like the first thing I wrote down for this was that there's a lot going on in this movie. There is so much going on in this movie. It's a two and a half hour movie. It doesn't feel like two and a half hours. I don't think so. He gets the orange one for killing Gamora. So that's two yeah. deaths in here, which are kind of like permanent ones. I don't remember how he got the purple one. Where was the purple one? He got two. Oh, of them from, from the, the collector. collector. He took that one from the collector. So where was the ether? The red one was also there as well, wasn't it? Yes. The, no, okay, the collector... so that's what's confusing me. They he, he took it off Nova Prime. Nova Prime had the purple one. They gave it to the collector. No, so the collector had two? Yes. Oh, well, maybe that's what's confusing me. The stones no. are all over the place. I've seen this so often. I've seen it recently, and it's still confusing to me. So it starts out, he crushes the Tesseract. Then everybody goes, the Guardians go to try and get the ones from the Collector before he gets there. And he's already got the Reality Stone because he changes everything. What one was the Reality Stone? The red one. So that must have been there. Yes, Thor gave the Reality Stone to the Collector as well. So the Collector had two of them, so therefore... He had the power After he's stone. finished with the yeah, collector, he's got three. Then Oh, he, he gets... gets the green one because Doctor Strange just hands it over to him. That's what I said. And he I gets don't... the mind stone off vision, and then he gets the soul stone for killing Gamora. Right. That was okay. such a hard tr- journey. <laughs> Both of us can't remember at all how he got these stones. Um there's some really cool scenes in this, very cool sequences. I like how Thor gets his his new axe which yes. was forged out of the dying star with Groot's arm as the handle. It's a very cool sequence there. I like how he's got mm-hmm. a new weapon. Stormbreaker, it's called. Do they say that in this one? Yes, they, they said it in this one. Because he asked the dwarf, he's like, what's its name? Right, okay. And I think it's also cool that like his axe is like even more powerful than his hammer. Why is that? Because the dwarf made it that way. It's He said, because he goes to the star and he says, what's the most powerful weapon you've ever made? You know, he's like, I need that. And so he so has what the was the most powerful weapon he had made? Heimdall's sword? Maybe up until that point. This one was designed but not made yet. Oh, okay. Right. And then, because mm. this one can call forth the Bifrost and everything. I'm just thinking, like, imagine if you'd never seen any of this stuff and just listened to this. Yeah, like, this is kind of why we needed to sound. watch through all of the MCU to even understand what, is that, what does that mean. Yeah, because um, if I had just gone in and watched this movie, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Who's that? Who's this? Who's that? Why are there so many people? What are they talking about? What are these stones? There's a very cool sequence on Titan where you've got quite a few characters and they're trying to rip the gauntlet off him and they're trying to overpower him. Mantis almost got the better of him. 
Oh, I got so mad because Peter Quill just got cocky. Peter, and he Peter fucked, fucked it this up. up twice, and that pisses me off because it wasn't just at that point with Mantis. There was a point before that where he also just like gave up. And it's like, if you didn't have these feelings for Gamora, which I feel like is completely tacked on, by the way, like it didn't mm. even feel fleshed out in Guardians 2, you wouldn't have any of this. It's Peter Quill's fault that this happened twice. Yeah. He's so annoying in that. I don't like you. Go away. Quit being a little bitch. Mm. There's a really cool part where he throws a fucking moon at these guys. I've never seen that in a movie yeah. before. And what did Tony say? He's like... If you do that again, I'm going to lose it. Yeah, something like that. You throw a moon at me again. <laughs> that was awesome. God, so much happens in this. A lot happens, yeah. And then I'm, there's the battle in Wakanda. I'm just racing around in my head. There's a big battle in Wakanda. And why were they in Wakanda? They had to go to Wakanda because they were trying to get the stone out of Vision's head so that they could destroy it. Yeah. Without destroying Vision. And, and Bucky was there because he was injured. Yep. And he's got a new vibrating arm, which is fucking cool. I didn't realize that was new. I I'm pretty sure it was. One. Maybe they it just makes upgraded sense it. That it's new. Yeah. Okay, I remember a lot more of this movie now. But okay. do you see, people, why I say so much happens in this movie? Such as all the stuff we just talked about. <laughs> Jeez. Um, towards the beginning of this movie, we see that. Vision and Wanda are in a relationship. They've been in a relationship for a couple of years. Vision is kind of like growing into a human. He's actually got human skin, which is kind of weird because mm -hmm. you hadn't seen him before. And that, f that didn't feel yeah. fleshed out at all, that relationship. Yeah. Someone said right at the beginning, he's evolving. Yeah, that's kind of a yeah. weird character trait. And then it doesn't last very long. As soon as he gets stabbed, yeah, it goes away. He goes back to his normal. Wanda completely gets rid of her terrible accent in this one. She has an American accent throughout almost all of the movie. I didn't really like Elizabeth Olsen in this role. I, I think she could have been recast better. I don't know. I liked her. I thought she was okay. So the big trait of this one is that Thanos actually wins. He gets all the stones. He puts it in the gauntlet. Oh, Thor gets the better of him and actually stabs him in the chest, but Thanos still manages to snap first, and he said mm -hmm. you should have aimed for the head. So... Half of all life in all of the universe just gets faded out of existence. And there were people in the cinemas crying when I watched this. Yeah. This was a very big moment because, well, it, there's a lot of hard-hitting moments where Bucky's like, um, Cap, and then he fades off. Spider-Man turns to Stark and he's like, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. And he, like, sort of disintegrates as well. And it was mm. sort of his fault why he was there in the first place. There's a lot of moments here about the whole snap and disintegrating that sort of, like, are meant to hit really hard. Mm. I would have really loved if they had disintegrated the old characters, the ones from Phase 1. It's not like... You know this thing is going to be reversible when you get rid of... Black Panther, you get rid of Spider-Man, you get Whose rid of Doctor Strange. like, just came out. Yeah, and they'd already yeah. announced a new Spider-Man movie, so you knew he was coming back. I just feel like mm. there was no weight whatsoever in that whole disintegration snap thing. If you had got rid of Captain America, if you got rid of Thor, if you got rid of Iron Man, all the ones from Phase 1, mm. there would be me being like, oh shit, are they actually coming back? You know, is this yeah. real? Is this permanent? I don't know. But as soon as you see what characters they actually snap away, it completely takes it out of it for me. I'm like, yeah, whatever, they'll just get them back in the next movie. You know, mm. that's how these things work. 
I really didn't like that about it. What did you think? Did you, what did you feel about the whole snap thing? Did you know that Thanos was going to win? I didn't. And again, it's kind of like, there's some spoilers that I knew about that I was like, oh, wish I didn't know that because yeah, it took me out of it. It, I guess I wasn't as invested. I wanted to see where it went. I think I knew that it wasn't going to last, but it still was emotionally affecting me. And I wanted to see how how they turned it around. So I wasn't as, like, angry about it. So I thought when I watched this that, oh, they'll just use the green time stone to go back in time and redo it. That, that's what they're going to do. Um, how do you think that they're going to fix this in Endgame? Is, is that what you think? I can't answer that question. So you have no idea how they're going to fix it? I think, I guess that's kind of what I thought they were going to do. Okay. I really yeah. thought that I was going to use the time stone. I think it would have been a really interesting thread to, like, if he snapped his fingers and Thanos also blipped out. Yeah, but that wouldn't have happened. Why? Why would he blip himself out? Well, just to half all of living creatures in the universe, it would have been cool if it had selected himself as well. Mm. Because he's kind of willing to sort of sacrifice himself for the greater good. Mm. So, I don't know. I just would have found that more interesting. The biggest problem I have with this movie is that they the the characters that they decided to pick. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I can see why. I kind of liked it. I think it's the... I think it's better than Ultron, obviously, but it's it kind of feels like half a movie to me, which it was meant to be. It was meant to be Infinity yes. War Part 1. Yes. There was so much that happened in this movie. It's a very complicated movie. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it as well. And then, not long after this came out, was Ant-Man and the Wasp, the sequel to Ant-Man. And this one... I didn't think was great. It was kind of It was kind of shallow. It... Everyone was sort of looking for them to sort of address the whole snap thing because it was massive at the end of Infinity War. And then Ant-Man comes out and it doesn't address any of it because it's sort of set during the events of Infinity War. So you don't see any of that. You don't see any other characters. It would have been better if Ant-Man 2 had come out immediately before Infinity War, especially because of the end credit sequence. People would have been like, what the fuck? Yeah, I agree. I completely Um, agree. This is one where we we did an overview of it. Yeah, I don't feel like I missed much. Mostly because, yeah, there was not really any weight to anything, so we sort of did a bit of a recap on this. Essentially what happens is Scott Lang finds out that Hope's mum is still alive in the quantum realm, which is bullshit, by the way. Like, come on. Mm. Um, to be able to say that she's been living down there for 30 years, but it hasn't felt like that to her even though she's aged i don't really know so she's she when when scott went down there in the first one he made this quantum connection sort of thing this harry potter to voldemort sort of connection um and then there's a point in here where scott's actually taken over by her so it's her it's hope's mother 30 years later taken over scott lang's body and she's talking to her it's like, oh, hi, sweetie, how's it going? Through Paul Rudd. It's really weird. It's bizarre. Yeah. doesn't make any sense. That's not how things would actually go. Um, and then the rest of the movie is them trying to 
go into the quantum realm to bring her mum back. And somehow that fucking works. They actually do. And mm. now you've got, you know, Hope's mum is back from the dead after 30 years. It doesn't really make any sense. There's, like, three different villains in this that I think are completely forgettable. I don't really like this movie. It's it's fine. It's neutral to bad to me. For me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't feel like I missed anything. Basically, this movie was just setting up what is the quantum realm and how does time work in there. It's kind of just like a bunch of time jargon and bullshit put together to try and make you think that if you put quantum in front of anything, it just fixes your problems. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. This is a very long phase. (laughs) There's almost as many movies in this phase as there are in phase one and two combined. Hmm. So, Captain Marvel, another origin story, set back 1995. What did you think of this movie? You was This was another one where you were hesitant to watch because it kind of looked yeah, dumb. Yeah, I'm like... Well, first of all, I think I unfairly judged Brie Larson. I'm not sure why. Um, I like her as an actress. I was like, I, I really felt like she's going to be a dick. And she was a little bit, um, but not too bad. This one... I initially also was like, oh, they're going back to the 90s. Like, this is going to be dumb. They did it in a fun, cool way. The soundtrack was cool. Like, um, yeah, it was dated, but like dated well, which was interesting because you don't usually see kickback stuff to the 90s. You usually see kickback stuff to like the 80s, the 70s, whatever. Yeah, because the 90s is kind of too recent to be nostalgia, but. If you think about it, the 90s was 30 years ago. Yeah, so... We're in the 2020s now, so that's quite a long time ago. Mm. So, as it went on, I liked it. I liked the character progression. This this went back and addressed some... Some, like, alien race stuff that was brought up in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like what? Um, Did I miss that? No, well... Were they talking about scrolls and Kree and stuff, were they? Yeah. I must have missed that. And Roman. Roman's in this again. Um, Ronan. Yeah, Ronan. He's yeah, in this okay, again. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I do like how they piece together what the characters you know would have been doing at the time, like S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. and Nick Fury. This had a, a lot of fun character development for Nick Fury. Yeah, you actually got to see, like, who is this, you know what I mean? This is just as much of a Nick Fury movie as it is any other of the MCU movies. No one else really explores who is he, what's his backstory. Yeah. Um, So I kind of like that. It's funny, it's got some funny stuff in it, Um, and her character definitely grew on me. I I like the fact that she's not an alien, she's actually, like, because that's what I thought initially was. Yeah, it makes it seem like she's an alien. For quite some time. I like that she's not. She's actually a human. I don't know. Again, this is like presenting problems when you introduce characters who are so overpowered. It's like, how are you going to try and control that in a real world scenario in future movies? Um, I... So it could... Because she gets her powers from the Tesseract again. The fucking Tesseract is back. 
Yeah. Where was the Tesseract back in 1995 kind of thread? Yeah. Um, so she gets her powers from the Tesseract, who Wanda also got her powers from the Tesseract. Right? They were doing experiments. Yeah. Was it the, no, was it, the, was it the Scepter? It was the Scepter they were doing experiments on. Yeah. And uh, Wanda and her brother also got powers from the Scepter, so from the stone. I'm just thinking, like, even Red Skull in the first Captain America, he tried to harness the powers of the Tesseract, and it made his actual face turn into an actual literal Red Skull. Mm. Um, and he didn't get crazy superpowers. He just sort of became immortal, I guess, and it zapped him off yeah. planets. Like, the powers as to what actually the Tesseract can do or any of these stones can do is very vague. You know, people get different powers out of the same stone for some reason. I thought it was interesting because Wanda and Carol basically have the same powers. Well, that's what I was just saying. They both got them from the stone. They both got them, but I mean, they both get to shoot, like, fiery stuff, and they can both hover and fly, and it's interesting. I thought Carol at least had to still breathe air, but it didn't look like it. She wasn't really wearing a mask for a fair bit of the ending of this. Yeah. This movie, I would put sort of in the same boat as the first Thor, but I think it's slightly better than the first Thor. I think it's okay. I'm not going to rush to watch it again. If you enjoyed it, that's fine, but I didn't really like it. It was fine. It was fine. I think it was unnecessary. It was interesting because it felt very 90s. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of a, a testament to, like, Good historical filmmaking, quote unquote, <laughs> um, because they actually were able to, like, with set and jargon and everything, were able to put you back in that mm. space, which is interesting. It was fine. I feel like it raised more questions about where has Carol been this whole time? Yeah. Like, yeah, she's only called in by Nick Fury. When it's really an emergency, she's got that super pager or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the events of Age of Ultron, where he's about to drop the city on the planet as like a meteor and extinct the whole planet, that's not good enough. Yeah. They were going to nuke all of Manhattan in the first Avengers movie and, and completely drop a nuclear bomb on New York. That's not a big enough emergency. You had to get like Iron Man to push this thing through a portal in the sky. This is bigger because it's like literally affecting the entire universe. But, like, how could Nick possibly That's have known that? That's what it has that? to be. But also, how could he have known that? He couldn't have known that. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the post credit sequence of Infinity War, Fury just sees Maria just gets snapped out, and he's like, oh, fuck, I've got to get my pager, and he hits the button just in time. Mm-hmm. It's like, how did you know what that was? Yeah. Do you think that that's a big enough emergency? Even in Winter Soldier, where they've got three helicarriers powered by Hydra... To eliminate everyone who is possibly a threat to them, that's not big enough emergency. Like, there's so many things in this whole MCU where you could have possibly brought her in before, and you bring her in just to try and make up for stuff to try and fix Endgame. Like, it's a weird introduction to this whole character, and I think it could have been done better. Mm. I don't particularly like it. It was fine. Also, it's Marvel, isn't it? Captain Marvel. No. How was she, how was she Marvel? 
She's not. So Marvel was Wendy Lawson. And like she said, two words, Marvel. It was Mar Dash Vel V E L L. And Nick says, Yeah, Marvel. Marvel sounds better. So she goes with Marvel. So they dropped an L as well? Yep. So that's not her name? Who's Wendy Lawson? Why why is Carol Danvers Captain Marvel? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. She doesn't go by Captain Marvel either. She just goes by Carol Danvers. Like nobody actually calls her Captain Marvel. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. No. So the next one on the list is Avengers Endgame, which we will be getting to very soon. Dun, dun, dun. Just for our own viewing pleasure, mm. because that's what we've been leading up to. And I said when I, I watched that, I said that movie makes reference to every single movie in the MCU. And I watched it again recently, and I think it does. It absolutely does. There, You have to watch all 21 movies to really understand every little thing that they're trying to hit in that movie, which is why we did this. So I think that you're really going to enjoy it. Considering looking at what you enjoy from mm. this whole journey and what you like out of certain movies, I think you're really going to like Endgame. And considering how complicated the whole MCU is, like I think it would be ridiculous just to have gone in and watched it alone. Yeah, which is why we did this. Yeah. Yes. It's really quite brilliant to be able to lead everything up to this one point and to be able to write it like that and orchestrate it like that i know it's based on comic books because these similar traits sort of happened in the comic books with the infinity saga but um yeah i think it's really well done so technically phase three also finishes with spider-man far from home which again i don't know why they do this why do they tackle on another one it has yeah come out months ago well i haven't seen it yet yeah are we gonna watch it we could I feel like they should have just finished Phase 3 after Endgame. Yeah, and then the new Spider-Man was the new Phase 4 or whatever. Uh, But Endgame is, as the studios have said, is the end of the Infinity Saga. So this whole journey was basically us finishing off the Infinity Saga. And anything from here on is just... I don't know what they're going to be doing. They have to start out with a whole other thread because... All of these movies have been based around the stones in some way, have based around Thanos as a main villain. So are they going to have another multi-movie thread with a different villain? I don't know. I'm very interested in where they're going to take this for Mm -hmm. the next 10 years. Because they've got it all planned out. Yeah, they've got it all planned out for like the next two phases. I'm really curious to see Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like that's going to be so much fun. It's, it's, the uh... It's cheesy in a good way. <laughs> when I saw that, like, the trailer for it, I'm just like, this looks like an 80s heavy metal, like, glam metal CD I think cover. that's what they're going for, yeah. yeah. Like, and I'm just thinking it's going to be like that. I don't know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It sounds cheesy as fuck. Well, I'm really glad that I got to introduce you to this very large piece of pop culture, very large, important thing of our generation. Yes. And it's not stopping anytime soon, absolutely. Um, what did you think of the whole thing? Did you enjoy your process? I was did. It so, at times it was, because it was so long. Going yeah. into it, like, this was a huge endeavor. And, oh, watching movies, that's so hard. Well, it's time-consuming. A lot of them are really long. real lives. (laughs) Yeah. They're very... These are complicated movies, a lot of them. So you have to, like... 
be paying attention. Like we would often have to pause, rewind, rewatch. There's a lot of Easter eggs and throwbacks to other movies in the series and so, comic books. Complicated movies. That said, I'm really glad I watched them because it was very enjoyable. The story is very enjoyable. Um, like you said, it's important pop culture phenomenon. So I think if you haven't seen them, I, I've always enjoyed superhero movies. And if other people do, like, you'd really enjoy these, go watch them. Yeah. Pleasant, again, so much pleasant surprise along this whole podcast journey. A little bit tired now, I think. <laughs> Just because there were so many. Cool. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I did. I really did. Well, I guess that wraps up our MCU journey. Please listen to the, all the other episodes on the MCU and our normal list and honorable mentions as well. And join us when we eventually cover Endgame. Yeah, Endgame and Infinity War are on the list in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for those. Until next time, thanks for listening. I would have been taking notes if I were. I would like to, but it's a big movie to try and just dissect. It really is. We'll do it another time, okay? Thanks, babe.